Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We are going to divide the rage from the reason and make sure we get down to the real issues and the real important things as it relates, uh, especially to our children in schools. Uh, earlier today, Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall uh, issued a statement saying that she would sign a mask mandate for K-12 through schools in the city. And the mayor joins us now to talk us through that. And, uh, Mayor, thanks for joining us today. And, and process matters. Uh, and often uh, when we skip the process conversation, we go right to the, the rhetoric and the rage pieces of the puzzle. Uh, so I want to start with you, if that's okay, with kind of the process. Tell us where we are. You've said you... Uh, will uh, issue this order today. When is that happen? And then, as I said, what is the process? Good to be with you, Boyd. Thanks for having me on. I signed the order just between this interview and, and the last one that I did. Uh, but, of course, it won't take effect until Tuesday of next week, August 24th, when school opens up in Salt Lake City School District. Okay, so we'll begin uh, next week, and then let's if we can walk through the the process. Uh, you've been uh, very specific in terms of of how this moves through, and and obviously there are multiple layers to all of this. There's there's your role, there's the city council, there's the school uh, the school board, and then of course the state legislature. Can you walk us through that process in terms of your communication and what we should expect to see moving forward? Right. So the action that I'm taking here is an action that's available to any mayor in the state of Utah. The end game legislation that the state passed back during the session had an expiration date written into it, and that was July 1st of this year. The other legislation that remains in place from the state level applies to health districts, uh, such as we have in Salt Lake County with uh, Dr. Dunn's uh, oversight. But it doesn't apply in any way to Salt Lake, to cities or mayors or Salt and city councils in this case. And so it, the order that I've put in place naturally will expire every 30 days unless um, re-upped by our legislative body, which is the city council. So they'll consider, along with the data from our local and state health departments, what's happening in the schools at that time, whether or not the order is still necessary, and that will be a decision in their hands. And as, as far as the uh, the school board and uh, the council, do they need to convene in that time frame, or is that just in every 30 days uh, they would weigh in? 
it's just every 30 days and it there's nothing requisite about the school board um, taking an official vote or anything the issues just become so politicized to the point that elected bodies all across the country and of course in the state of utah are worried about retribution if they take a public stand as an organization we've seen that retribution take place in our own school district and others um, just in salt lake county even but I heard personally from a majority of the board's members who privately told me they want me to issue this order. Um, and even though, you know, acting without an official position of the board isn't my preferred path, what's hanging in the balance is the health of our children and the broader community and our healthcare workers and, frankly, our economy. Yeah. So we need the kids to be able to go to school. We need them to be able to stay in school. We need parents to be able to go to work and keep businesses running and keep supporting their families. And this is the, the, frankly, the most common sense thing that we can do when we look at the data. Yeah. Uh, and one last process question as it relates to the state legislature. I, I understand there is a committee uh, that they could call immediately into action in terms of assessing. And then they would sort of have the same process, if I'm not mistaken, in terms of 30 days, uh, they could uh, they could then step in or, or have action uh, that could be different. Yeah, I understand that the the state, the legislature could convene uh, in emergency fashion and and make another decision that takes away local authority. They've talked in the last few weeks at the state leadership level about this being needing to be locally made decisions with local data. They tied the hands of every school district in the state of Utah to do that very thing that their residents elected them to do. Um, But they haven't tied the hands of mayors, and I hope they will not, especially when we're using data from the state and the county health departments and the state's own metrics around, you know, what thresholds of positive cases per 100,000 people, the ICU utilization by COVID patients, which has far surpassed both of those standards for Salt Lake City and Salt Lake County. So we're doing the best we can for the 21,000 students who are about to start school in Salt Lake City next Tuesday. Originally, Dr. Angela Dunn uh, with the Salt Lake County Health Department had asked the county council uh, to do a mask mandate uh, just for grades K through six. So up until that 12 year uh, time frame where they could be eligible for the vaccine, uh, any reasoning or any factors that played into you doing a, a full K through 12? Yes, a, a couple. And I'll state from, from my opinion, Dr. Dunn is making a strategic decision facing a Republican majority county council that perhaps K through six would be have been easier to get through than a full K through 12. And our K through 12 is with the support of Dr. Dunn. And it's because of the data that shows us less than 50% of the vaccine eligible students in Salt Lake City School District have been vaccinated. And then of course, we have the thousands of students who don't have an option yet to be vaccinated under 12. We're gonna keep working with the health department as they've advised us not only to look at the vaccination rate of the 12 and older students, but also at what the community spread is doing at that time. And I hope that we'll be able to list the order for the vaccination eligible population soon, but we're going to do that hand in hand with the health experts. Okay. And then finally, Mayor, uh, help us in terms of how we should be having these uh, conversations. Obviously there are uh, some some of our students with with disabilities, uh, some that struggle with learning, you know, with mass or with words uh, and language skills. What are some of the other things that we should be including in our conversation as we go through this uh, 30 day window initially 
Um, how should we be having these conversations? And for those who are clearly on the non-mask side uh, of the issue, what are some things that we need to make sure we're we're getting to in terms of what's the outcome we're after? The outcome is kids staying in school, kids being able to receive the education that they need, parents being able to go to work, um, keep our economy going and provide for their families. We've seen in districts across the country who've opened up in the past few weeks, thousands and thousands of students, even in a single district, being taken out of school for exposure, uh, two-week quarantine and isolation, students who have been infected, and hundreds of faculty members in just uh, a single district. We're seeing this repeated across the country. For the sake of our economy, Let's keep these kids masked. We know that it works, and we know what's happening in districts that haven't put it in place and now are scrambling in the face of not having enough teachers to open their school doors because of quarantine needs. All right. Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall has signed the mask mandate for K-12 through schools in Salt Lake City. Um, I understand that may – does that take in just a little bit of the Granite School District as well? No, not at all. It's strictly. only over the Salt Lake City School District. Okay, strictly the Salt Lake City School District. One, I did, wasn't sure if there was a little overlap there with Granite. Uh, so just the Salt Lake City School District. Uh, and again, I think the most important thing as we look at how we move forward together, uh, that we make sure we do something, the Mayor, that you've uh, reminded us of often, and that is to make sure that we include a little social grace uh, in all our conversations. But thank you so much for joining us today. We'll continue to Uh, stay in close touch as uh, this marches forward in the coming days. Thank you, Boyd. All right, that's uh, Salt Lake City Mayor Erin Mendenhall. Uh, Again, she has just signed, just in the last few moments, a mask mandate for K-12 students in the city, Salt Lake City. And uh, we'll continue to break down what that is, what that means, how uh, the legislature might react uh, 30 days out. Uh, Much more to come here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.